We've been talking about um, living our life between the ditches and how crazy things can get in our life. And let me just say, I'm so thankful for you all that you're here. Um, God is here with us um, as we've been worshiping this morning. I could just feel the presence of the Lord here, and there's just a lot going on with us all. Um, last week, we started talking about living, in, living a hurried lifestyle and how if we're going too fast, we can miss what's important. The first two steps that, I, that we talked on last week was learning to be content, how to let the steps to a healthier life, uh, a healthier pace, learning to be content with where you are. Doesn't mean we don't strive, doesn't mean we don't dig, doesn't mean we don't work hard to, to overcome and to get through things, but there is something about being content with where you are and relaxing and just recognizing, you, you know, we can go through life and miss it. And uh, sometimes you need to just slow down and look around and breathe in the air and, and enjoy the moment. Um, also from last week, learning to say no. If you say yes to everything, there's no room left in your life. And a no to one thing means I can say yes to the right thing. And as we go through life, things tend to want to pile up. I don't know, if, I don't know about you, but I can tell you that my to-do list gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if I don't start to clear things off, I get to where I can't be good at anything. I try to do everything and I can't be good at anything. And in order for me to be effective, I've got to say no to the right things, the things I need to say no to. Unfortunately, some of the things that I need to say no to are the things that I would rather do. And that's a fine line to know what I need to do and what, what I want to do. And if I get everything done, then maybe I can get into what I want to do. But what happens is we don't get the things done that we need to get done. And Scripture and the Holy Spirit and, and uh, one another can kind of help us to find that. Well, today, we're going to talk about another step to a healthy pace. And that's learning to, to take a day of rest. Now, I want you to know this is God's idea. This is God's plan for you to have a healthy life is to take a day off. So many of us in this lifestyle today just run and run and run and run. And the Bible is filled with principles and commands for living. And all these principles and commands are for our benefit. And the most famous commands are the Ten Commandments. You know, I know that most of us know those. Whether you've been in church your whole life or you've not, you know most of these. And have you ever noticed that the Ten Commandments are not there for God's benefit? They're there for ours. Go back and look at them. God's got them there not for Him, but for us. The Ten Commandments are for our benefit. The Ten Commandments don't make God's life easier. They're there to help make our life easier. God gave us these because he loves us. And if you follow them, our life will be easier. If you avoid them, you're gonna, or if you miss them, you're going to wind up with problems. Now, in the Ten Commandment, Commandments, right up there with don't commit adultery, don't murder, and don't lie, there's the fourth commandment that says, take a day off. Take a day off. It's called the Sabbath. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 9, it says, But in six days you have to work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to me. And the church, listen. God's trying to speak to you this morning. God's got a message for you to make tomorrow better. That's why the church is here. 
That's why we have the Word of God. I'm not trying to twist the Word of God at all. God wants you to have a better life. He wants you to have a life and have an abundant one, not one where we're run ragged all the time and wore out and exhausted all the time. Can't make ends meet. Couldn't do it even if I tried. Even if I had another 24 hours in my 24-hour day, I still couldn't catch up. Well, God says, well, what you need is a day of rest. No, God, I need an extra day. If I had an extra day of work, I could get it done. Nope, you won't get it done. You need to take a day. It's called the Sabbath. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to ask the Lord to speak to you this morning. Rest is so important. Rest and relaxation are so important in your life that God put it in the Big Ten. It is important to God. Every six days, work. Seventh day, take a day off. Sabbath, it means a day of rest. I'm going to maybe throw a wrench in your theology, but I don't necessarily think it has to be Sunday. But it has to be a day. Okay, don't stone me. Pray about it. Ask God. Um, I hope it's not Sunday uh, because I work. (laughs) Some of us work on Sunday. I am not the Antichrist. This was God's plan. God's got a plan, but I must take a day. God's asked me to take a day, weekly. In fact, Jesus said in the New Testament, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Do you hear, do you hear me? God gave us that for us, for our benefit. God gave me the Sabbath and you the Sabbath for my benefit. It was made for us. It's so important if you're self-employed or you're in management because if you're not an hourly worker, you could wind up working 80 hours a week. Somebody say amen. It's easy to do. It's also easy not to take the day off. Okay, I get it. I should take a day off. But so many times when we take our day off, we don't take a day off. We fill it up. It's so important. We need rest. Too often, we use our days to catch up on work. So I want to give you the the benefits to taking the day off. I would encourage you just to hang in there with me. Number one, why take a day off? To rest my body. The older I get, the more I need rest. When I was younger, I didn't need rest like I need it. Uh, and what's funny is the older I get, the worse I sleep. Can anybody relate? Even though a promise or a benefit of me being in Christ is that I have good rest, well, the older I get, the more I struggle with that. The more I stay awake thinking about things that I typically would not have thought about. Oh, and we have a cat that woke us up this week. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, we have a cat. But you know what? If you don't take time off, your body will make you take time off. 
If you don't lay down occasionally, God will make you lay down in green pastures. He will force you to. Listen to me, church. Our best requires rest. I'm not the rhyming pastor. But if you can remember it, great. Your best requires rest. It's biblical. You know, in the French Revolution, they actually abolished Sunday as a day of rest because they were fighting the church and a bunch of other things. And later it had to be restored because the health of a nation literally collapsed and everyone was burned out. It works. God's plan works. Number two, so number one, I rest my body. Number two, I recharge my emotions. How do you do that? How do you recharge your emotions? By resting. How many of you have emotions that are running wild? I can tell you that just sitting down, turning the TV off, hiding my phone, I can rest. It doesn't take me long for me to get on our couch, on our couch, and I will be asleep. All I need to do is just stop for a second. I don't sleep long, but my mouth will be open and drool will be coming out of my mouth, and it's a pleasant to see. But your body is crying out for rest. Getting outside, through relationships, recreation that rejuvenates. Now, I'm not talking about the competitive time. Some, several of myself and some of my family members, if we do certain kinds of recreation, it's not rest at all. We are out for blood. I'm talking about the kind of restoration that you just relax, enjoy. You take in the moment. But I, I want you to know that like as a pastor, I've had to learn this in different ways. I have different days off than the standard person. And there was a, I read a story about a guy um, that came, a, a guy and a pastor. And, 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 and this person, this person and this pastor, they had a conversation. And the man came up to the pastor and said, Pastor, I want to see you this Monday. And the pastor said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be available Monday because Monday is my Sabbath. It's my day off because obviously Saturdays and Sundays aren't Sabbaths for me as a pastor. I'm sorry, I can't help you on Monday. It's my Sabbath and I'll be taking the day off. And the guy said to the pastor, well, you know, Satan doesn't ever take a day off. He works all the time. And the pastor said, yeah, and if I didn't take a day off, I'd be just like Satan. Sounds funny, but God knows you need it. God wants you to work. God wants to bless your work, but he also wants you to rest. We need to recharge. And we use Jesus as our model. God took a day off. He worked six days and then he rested. And then finally, I can refocus my spirit. As you worship, you get together with other people and you worship, just like we're doing right now, I want you to know that worship puts life into perspective. Our worship is never intended to do three songs, open up the altar, do a fourth song, talk about offering, and then do a fifth song. Worship is a time to come into the presence of the Lord and to allow Him to speak to you, to allow Him to minister to you, and for you to minister to God. So something needs to take place during worship. 
If it's your favorite song and you're just loving it, then enjoy it for a bit and then cross over into a time with God because he's wanting to minister to your spirit. He's wanting to minister to your soul. He's wanting to change your perspective. He's literally wanting to change your atmosphere. That boss that you can't take, that situation that you can't overcome, God wants to deal with it. But you're so focused on that other stuff, you never place your focus on God. And worship will allow you to have a time of rest from your stuff. I can tell you that when we get going up here and the Holy Spirit starts moving, whatever it is that I'm battling through the week, I am not thinking about. It's gone. It's not even there for me to try to go back and draw from. It's gone. Something happens when we truly worship. It puts my life back into perspective. What seemed unsurmountable literally doesn't become surmountable. It becomes irrelevant. Can anybody hear me? Some of you are here today and you've got such insurmountable things in your life. When you come into the presence of the Lord and you learn to rest in the Lord and you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, those things become so insignificant. They don't go away. I still have those mountains to climb come the next morning, but I can tell you my perspective changes. God wants to equip you, prepare you, let you get true rest so that you can take on what you've got to face, but face it differently. Getting our perspective. We need worship. We need group worship. God put us in a church setting on purpose so that when I say what the things are impossible in my life, you can say, hey, I've been through that and I know how to, I know how to help you get through that. We get around other people, spirit-filled people, people that's got the Lord and have been through life and can say, oh, no, 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 you can do that. I can help you. Let me teach you. Let me walk with you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29 says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I want you to know that when you're running a thousand miles an hour, your rhythm is jacked. When you get into worship and start to understand this unforced rhythm of grace, God goes at a different pace. God, and it's not slow. It's supernatural. His pace is supernatural. Your pace is natural. His pace is supernatural. Unforced rhythm of grace. If you're trying to have a healthier pace to your life, it is going to take walking with the Lord. If you walk with the world, you will never be able to keep up. Never. Psalm 127 verse 2 says, It's useless to rise up early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know God loves, don't you know that God enjoys giving rest to those he loves? Isn't that good? Isn't that a little bit backwards of how we think in our rat race of a life? What a great verse. But if you don't slow down by choice, your body will make you slow down. You will eventually run out of gas. Let me give you a couple other things. We looked, uh, let me go back. 
We, what, what did I talk about? We talked about learning to be content, learning to say no, learning to take a Sabbath day of rest. Number four, learning to trust God's timing. How many of you know God's timing is not yours? You know, discontent is one of the causes of hurry. Discontent, being discontent causes me to be impatient. When we get in a hurry, we get impatient. And impatience, listen to me, church, is a lack of trust. When I get impatient, it's literally, if I can go to the root of it, it is a lack of trust. I really don't believe that God has my best interest in mind, so I get in a hurry. When we don't really believe that God has our best interest, we get in a hurry. When we've asked God for something and we're praying for something and it's not delivered right away in two-day prime shipping, we, we move ahead just like Abraham did and try to have a son through Hagar rather than waiting for what God promised through Sarah. This is not a new thing. We must go at God's pace. God's pace is better. It's not slower. It's better. It removes all the problems. So often we struggle when we strive for what God already intends us for us, but we get in the way and try to hurry it. We get impatient. But I want to ask you, is faster always better? It's faster always better. You know, most things grow better slowly. It's like that old advertisement, we will grow no wine before it's time. Yeah, I said that in church. That's okay. Who wants fast-aged cheese? Good cheese takes time. Balsamic vinegar takes years. When God wants to make a mushroom, it takes six hours. But when he wants to make an oak tree, he takes 60 years. I like mushrooms on the side. <laughs> Do you want to be a mushroom or an oak tree? In order to grow spiritually mature, it takes time. This stuff does not just happen overnight. And I want you to know God has a plan for you. But did you know that God has a timetable for that plan? Here's the rub. God doesn't explain his timetable. If he did, why would we need faith? Faith throws a wrench in that whole timetable thing. Or the timetable throws a wrench in the whole faith thing. We would like to know the timetable, but God doesn't always tell us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says, God does everything just right and on time. But people can never completely understand what he's doing. Now, that scripture may seem a little bit frustrating. I can tell you it's freeing to me. The fact that I can't always figure it out is on purpose. I'm not God, but I can trust God. I've got to walk through these little hills that I've got in order to face the big one. If I can trust him for the little ones, I can trust him for the big ones. But if I can't trust him for the little ones, I'm never going to get over the big ones. 
I can trust God. He has a perfect plan. The Bible is so accurate about our lives. Does God, God does it perfectly. We just don't understand it. Why not? Why doesn't God tell us? He wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust that his timing is perfect. Now, if you want the slope, if you want to slow the pace of your life, you need to trust that God is going to fulfill his plan for you at just the right time. Don't get in a hurry. Habakkuk chapter two, verse three says, things that I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the visions will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. Catch this. It won't be delayed. What is slow in our minds is not slow in eternity. What a great promise to hold on to. We've got to trust God's timing. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, chapter 1, verse 9. I'm almost done, but I've got to get to one point. It says, we suffered so that we would not stop trusting ourselves and learn to trust God who brings the dead back to life. That tough time you're going through, that suffering that you're going through, maybe it's just happening to teach you to trust God. One of the things to learn to trust about God is his timing. All right, and the last one, I'm gonna wrap up with this one, but this one's key. Learn to use love as your filter. Uh, Brandon was really driving this home and his message today is in how to love, even when it's hard to love, to love, to love. We talked about in Sunday school that love has to be our filter for everything, my time, my money, my energy, everything. Ephesians chapter five, verse two, says mostly what God does is love you. Did you get that? The things that you're going through, I don't think that some of the pain and the things that we're going through, God necessarily did. But if you will continue to walk through it in Christ, he's gonna love you through it. He's gonna love you through it. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. We're so good at using uh, Facebook and Instagram and applying these filters. Well, God is wanting us to use a filter of love through everything that we do, every decision that we make. So many of us have these decisions to make, those decisions to make. Some are tough, some are easy. But ask yourself, what is the loving decision? How would this look like love? How do I line up in Scripture and know how to walk through this in love? 2 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14. Do everything in love. The Bible says to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's three loves there. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. Here's the question. What is the loving thing to do right now? What is the loving thing to do here? Some of you are here needing to make some decisions tomorrow. And I want to encourage you. Put it through the filter of God's word. Put it through the filter of God's spirit. Put it through the filter. If, you've got, if, if, if you're in a Christian home, I can tell you that my, part of my, my love filter goes through my wife. 
God places people around you to help give you counsel. You know, if, it, if you were to look at like a, a race, uh, like NASCAR or Indy 500, you know, when there's an accident, when things happen, out comes a pace car. And it slows everything down. And all the cars have to get in behind it and go at the pace of that pace car. Well, I want to encourage you, just as I'm trying to give you some imagery to allow love to be your pace car. We run a thousand miles an hour and you need to slow down. Not slow down and be ineffective. Slow down and be effective. Place that filter, place that pace car of love right out in front of you. And don't outrun it. Don't outrun it. So many of us are facing so many things, but I want you to know that if we do everything in love, your life is going to look different. You may be here this morning and things are just going so fast and maybe you don't even know God. Maybe you gave your heart to Jesus early at an early age, but your life hasn't really reflected God in your life. There's a churchy word called rededication and I don't like using churchy words. Turn your heart back to him. Allow him to minister to you and to love on you. And the way that's going to happen is by getting around other believers. It's by getting back in the word of God. It's about slowing down and seeing what's important to God. What is God saying for me to do in my life? And to learn to follow the rhythms of his grace. Do you know what God has for you? Grace. Do you know what God has for you? Mercy. The world's not going to give you any mercy. God has for you mercy and grace. Would you slow down? This is such an awesome time where people get some time off from work. We get to eat good food. Family drives in. I don't know how many of you think that's a positive, but family drives in. It is a time for restoring relationships. It's a time for letting stuff go that you've held for your whole life. When you allow the rhythms of God's grace to really fill you up and to start moving at that, you're going to be able to forgive that family member that you've never been able to. Not because it's okay what they did, but because you are getting filled up with God's love that it can't stay any longer. It literally gets forced out. When God fills us up, what's not God gets forced out. So can I just encourage you? Filter your life through love. From the most basic of decisions to the most complex, there will be time to allow God to be a part of your decision. You're never in that big of a rush. There will always be time for you to apply God to your life and for God to be a part of what you're walking through. You may be in a situation where your marriage is at the last straw about to break. I want you to know God can move in your life. God can do the things that no one else can. But ultimately, you just need God to love on you. It takes God to love God. It takes God to love each other. And we're trying to do it without, without him. Will you all stand up with me? I want to pray with you.
As you bow your heads, I just uh, actually, actually, I want you to look up with me just for a second. We're going to get to show an act of love just through serving. We're not actually going to be going to Avery Trace and hugging on kids today. That'll be tomorrow if you'd like to go. I don't know that we could hug on them, though, but you could go with us and deliver boxes. But there is a way that we can love on people today, and I, don't want, you, I want you to really consider just coming back there and filling one box. I think it'll take you five minutes to fill one box and to place your hands on a box that's going out to these families. It's not going to cost you anything, but just a little bit of time. And you can at least see where the money that you gave 30 minutes ago is going. It goes directly to that. And there's such a much greater need, but we're able to meet the need that has come to us. It's all God asks us to do. When that need comes, meet it. When people show up hungry, feed them. But God, we only have two fish and a couple pieces of bread. Feed them. I'll take care of multiplying it. Your part is to feed them. So would you consider not running out and going back and just grabbing one box and filling it? There's instructions. If your kids are about 10 years old or older, they can do it. I think the way I would label it is when when I felt like my kids could take out the trash, they could fill a box. And I'm sorry, my son was doing the trash at about five or six. My wife questioned, he's too young. No, he's not. The trash can was bigger than him. (laughs) Dad, you can do it, son. Don't leave. Please, just pray about it. And I, I Go back there and help us do a box. We don't have to have you. We'll get it done. We would, like, we would like you to be a part of it. Just see what we're doing. If you can see what God's doing, I think you can buy in. Buy into what God's doing in this community, in this church, in our hearts. Buy in. So um, as, you, as you bow your heads, I just want to pray over you. I just want to speak a blessing over you. Father, in Jesus' name, trying to slow down is so hard. Literally, it's going to take supernatural. It's going to take you to move in our hearts to slow us down. But God, your word has promised us that if we'll get a day of rest, we can take on the next six days. But you've also promised us that if we don't, we're going to fail on those six days. God, let us slow down and rest. Allow you to minister to us. Just ask you, Lord, as we just come into the most, one of the most hectic times of life, that we would take a moment, get in your word, be filled with your spirit, be connected to a body, And God, that you would just give us rest. Father, as we take that day of rest this week, I ask you to bless our businesses, bless our jobs. God, bring increase. Where it seems like we need to work all seven in order to make ends meet, your word says just the opposite. Work six, give me the seventh, and I will see to it that your needs are met. This is just one piece that we play. And those commandments aren't for God, they're for us to protect us, to bless us. If you're here today and you've never received Christ, I just want to encourage you, just ask him right now where you are. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I choose for you to be my Lord and Savior. I set this day today to turn to your word, to connect to your body, and to follow you. And we as a church make a commitment to lock arms with you and to help you to walk with him. Father, bless our week. 
Give us great breakthrough. I just pray for families that are traveling to be safe. And Lord, let this be our best Christmas ever. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.